Welcome to Adulting on the Spectrum. I am Andrew Comero, an Autistic Certified Financial Planner. I co-run Adulting on the Spectrum with Eileen Lamb. Hey, Eileen. Hey, Andrew. I'm Eileen Lamb. I host this podcast with Andrew. And in this podcast, we want to highlight real voices of autistic adults, not just inspirational stories, but real people talking about their life. Basically, we want to give a voice to people like us. And today, our guest is Ryan Lee. Hi. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Do you want to introduce yourself or... Hi, I'm Ryan. I was diagnosed with autism when I was three years old. At first, I didn't want to. Be- when I learned about it, I didn't want to believe it. I was trying to be like everyone else most of my life. But when I learned to accept it, I started being more comfortable in my own skin, being myself, and trying to put myself out there more. And it felt good. I've written several articles for Autism Speaks and another platform over the last couple of years. Met new people on the spectrum along the way. Trying to, I've been trying to aim to make a difference for the whole autism community. Yeah, we've seen uh, some of your articles. They're, they're really great. And, you know, we, we like to ask our guests if uh, they have a preference in how they identify. So do you like an autistic person, a person with autism, or does it not matter to you? Um, autistic or personal on the spectrum. I, I'm not, I don't know if I have a preference, but I want people to know that I do have autism. That's a real thing. Do you want to tell us more about your, your diagnosis? You were diagnosed at three, which is pretty early. And yeah. what, what was it like for you growing up on the spectrum? You see, well, even before I knew I was diagnosed, I mean, I always knew I was different. Like, always felt like an oddball among my peers. Always wondering why I couldn't be accepted or why I couldn't fit in, you know? It was really hard growing up, to be honest. Like, trying to be like everyone else. Like, I always felt like my parents, like, they knew I had autism, but always pushed me to be better than everyone else. Or I, sh- I make a shame of myself by my odd behavior. Like it was the pressure just came too much. And sometimes I had meltdowns. Now your parent, you were diagnosed with autism when you were three, but you didn't know that you were autistic until you were 14. How did yes. you find out? How did your parents tell you? And, and what do you wish may or could have been done differently? If anything, well, what went well, what didn't? I don't, I don't actually remember when or how they told me, but I knew I hold when I was 14. Well, I know. But I knew I, yeah, what I found out, I just didn't know what to say. I felt like I was too much. I felt like I was too different from everyone else. I wanted people to accept me. So I tried to be like everyone else so I could be accepted. But apparently it didn't turn out so well sometimes because sometimes I acted out when I felt like no one was listening to me. And do you wish that you had known that you were autistic earlier? Or yes. are you happy with that? Ha- okay. And, and why I'm is actually, that? Because I did see on the news one time of a kid, I don't know remember his name, but he told his elementary school classmates about it, his him being having autism, and they listened. And if I know that, maybe I would have gotten my classmates to listen to me more and accept me more and learn and start educating people about autism. But it was back in the nineties; like autism wasn't very aware much back in the nineties. Yeah. How did their behavior change towards you once they knew you were autistic? When I told my friends that. Only a few people, when I was in high school, only a few people knew I was on the spectrum and they treated me okay and well, but there are a few of my classmates who, who knew I was and didn't treat me right. They called me the R word, retard, and that made me so mad. And I didn't. And there was this one football player who was taller than me who called me the R word too many times. And I kind of told him about that. I got so mad. I kicked him and I got in trouble for it, but I felt like it was worth that because like, the R word is very offensive to people on the spectrum or others with disabilities. But I totally understand where you're coming from, especially when you're being bullied 
so often, like every yeah. day. I mean, after the R word just... is my is my trigger word. You know, when someone <laughs> yeah. calls me that, it just gets my so angry. Like my adrenaline just flows through me, and I just get so mad. I, I get it. You know, and it's not fair. No, it isn't. I I know. You know, I've, I've read some of your articles, and you talk about masking. And what what is it like for you? Do you feel like you still mask a lot? That there are things that you you don't do just because you try to fit in. No, I I did do mask used to mask a lot, but I'm t- I don't do it anymore. Because I'm tired of wearing a mask. I don't want to live in a world where I don't get to be who I am. Yeah. yeah. Nobody does. Nobody wants that. So you describe yourself as an autism advocate. Um, what does advocacy mean to you, right? Because I think there's talking about your experiences, but there's a lot more to advocacy than just you. How, how would you describe advocacy? What does it mean to you? It means like sharing your, your opinions or yourself for, with other people to get them to understand to get them to connect and show the world, to put yourself out there for the world to understand. I mean, how is the world supposed to change if we don't do anything about it, if we don't start talking? But wouldn't you say that advocacy is about a lot more than just talking, right? Because- It's uh, doing, like there, there is the autism walk, which I never actually done before, but I'm considering doing it for the first time this year. But what I mean is, you know, like, talking about something is not just about, you know, sharing your story. It's about sharing your story to impact and influence others, to ad- advocate for more than yourself, to advocate for, you know, others to try and make change, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we, we got introduced from a, a mutual connection who's, you know, a professional advocate who helps, you know, enact laws and changes to make lives better for all autistic people. And, and not everyone can make laws and, you know, have that large impact, but is, is advocacy to you sharing your story or is there a part of advocacy, you know, that you're very passionate about and that you really want to change or is it just more the, the general perception of autism? Well, I want to do more than just share my story and share my personal experiences. Like, but because I know I'm not the only person on who feels the same way I do, that, that faces unfair treatment. Like, I just, it's like me telling them that we autistics, we feel emotions much more intensely than a neurotypical. Like, for example, I wrote in my last article how it is of heartbreak, you know, being done by a friend. Like, when my heart hurts, I go into this blinding rage and sometimes say stuff I don't mean and ang- other angry and harsh things. I try to make people understand that we autistics, we have feelings too, just feel it much more intensely. And we need to be understood. And we need to feel like we're being hurt trying, when I'm upset and when something happened to me, like being done by a friend, I have a hard time expressing myself without anger because I'm not high trying to hide how I feel. The thing about feelings is that sometimes they change. Is that what's what makes them so interesting? But you can't deny that you feel feelings because they'll just end up feeling worse. You know what I mean? Have you tried writing uh, your, your feelings? I know that that's oh, what yeah. I do. I do. I do sometimes write in a diary. Oh, yeah. How does it feel? Yeah, it feels good to write down my feelings and uh, let them out. And so you are a person of color and not just that you're an autistic person as well. How do you feel knowing that maybe some of your aggression and or meltdowns could be taken in not the best way, maybe with some bias? I I can't imagine what it would be like to be in your shoes, just like a neurotypical can't imagine what it's like to, to be in our shoes. But do you have any advice on that specifically or, you know, what goes through your head or or anything else to help others out there. Yeah, Cindy said about of color, 
people need to understand that autism just doesn't affect whites. It affects us people, colors too. It, it affects all races, not just one. Like, and people can be so, can be so, I don't know, shallow sometimes when it comes to race, whatever. And do yeah. you have any concerns of, you know, potentially having a meltdown in interactions with police? I, I've, I've heard concerns from other, um, you know, other parents and other individuals, um, or do you have any advice or is it? Well, the thing is like, I have a, I did get a card showing to show police that I'm on the autism spectrum. But the thing is some police should be trained to handle those with autism because there are some people with autism that have meltdowns with the police and police don't want to handle it. Like, have you, have you, you heard of this guy named Matthew Russian who was unfairly yeah. in prison? Yeah. That was yeah. such a sad story. That was a that was a prime example of how about that police subject training on those how to handle those with autism. Okay. Unfairly. I can't imagine how Matthew felt being in prison. It was so it must have been so horrible. Yeah. Um, trust me. Have you seen a jail cell? <laughs> it's disgusting. Have you? <laughs> I have, yes, I have. So I remember when I was younger, we we toured a jail cell, and I think I must have been like five. And, and they said, and it was like a local like jail cell in like the suburbs, but they said that they fed them McDonald's. And I got really excited. So I'm like, ooh, McDonald's. Like, ooh, I want McDonald's. I want to go, yeah. And, and, and that, that idea quickly faded. Hey, you see, one of, you know, well, I wouldn't get too excited about that because one of my uh, friends and friends, like, or it's not about it, for this group I'm in, has been in prison before. And I can't go into detail, but he, but he said seriously to some people before, he said, Look, I've been in prison. It's not fun in there. I, like, and I'm yeah. sure Matthew would say that too. I can't imagine it's fun. I think that's the point, right? You don't want to go there. So. Yeah, that's as, da- as my friend Daniel, Daniel would say. It's not fun in there. I can't imagine. I mean, just like the quarantine was hard. So can you imagine being in prison and having Oof. no freedom? It's just ugh, driving no, me crazy. Uh, like a jail cell disgusting. Not to mention there's a toilet in the middle of your, the room. I know. Ugh. But speaking of prison, have you heard that uh, Wentworth Miller, who was the actor that played in Prison Break, I don't know if you've seen that TV show, but it just uh, came out as autistic. It sounds weird to say came out, but well, he was diagnosed heard, with autism. Heard, but I'll look it up. He's awesome. And it's, uh, he was in his 40s when he was diagnosed. And yeah, it's, it's really, uh, really cool to see more people getting diagnosed as, uh, as adults. Uh, do you think there is uh, advantages to getting a diagnosis as a child um, as opposed to as an adult? Like, are you happy you had that diagnosis? When, when I guess when you're, I, I, I diagnosed late as an adult, like, I guess you, you, you'd feel bad that you didn't have the help you had as a kid okay. and, and you're struggling now since life is harder. But when you're a kid, people now, 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 they, now they'll know how to help you as you grow up. Like sometimes when you expect to do things right the first time or, Perfection. And I'm not the type of person that likes perfection. I just want people to appreciate my effort, you know, even if it's not enough to them. See, that's a good advocacy thing, I feel like. Uh, telling people that we're doing our best, they can't expect from us what they would expect from a neurotypical person. And we all have our differences in what we can do and cannot do, even, you know, on the spectrum, we're all different from each other. And just because, mm-hmm. you know, an autistic person who could do that doesn't mean yeah. that we can do it too. And that's- Yeah, it, but it's like saying that's a, a typical also like, just because we have the same disorder doesn't mean we see things the same way. That's, that's one of the harshest realities I face and some, we all face, is that we can be very different from people we're supposed to relate to. 
Yep. Like, just like that, you know, there may be a little relation that you have because, you know, because you have autism, but your autism is not like uh, Eileen's son's autism or even, you know, each son, you know, Charlie and Jude, their autism is just so very different. It's not the same. There's some in common. And sometimes it's just because we're human. We have things in common. Sometimes it's the autism that's in common. Like how are, they, um, how are do Eileen's son's autism different? Well, you know, like my oldest son, Charlie, is eight and is so severe that he can't talk or communicate, be independent. He's, you know, self-harms, all of that. And my youngest son, like, honestly, it's hard, even hard to tell he is on the spectrum, just like me, because he talks so well and he has a lot of uh, strengths um, and it's hidden. It's really an invisible disability, you know, and. For people like Charlie, my son, like they might never be able to advocate for themselves and live an independent life. And the spectrum is is broad. And yes. I think we, we don't like, talk enough about the severe side. Yeah. But just because you can't see our autism doesn't mean you're not challenges. It's like exactly. I've yeah. encountered some people telling me that I don't look autistic. And that makes me mad. And I tell them, well, how the heck am I supposed to look that? Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I'm with you. Yeah. I don't like it either when people tell me that just because I can talk and I'm somewhat successful, but like I can go to the grocery store to buy milk. It's I just can't do it. Grocery stores to me are like hell or like I can't maintain a friendship, you know, all of these things. Well, that it's, might just be because you're mean, Eileen. I don't know if that has to be with autism. <laughs> Sorry, be a little sarcastic there. Um. <laughs> Sarcasm, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I should probably do a little less sarcasm on an autistic podcast, but some people uh, are very, you know, sarcastic. So there we go, everyone's different. But um, so I've seen you before or in some of your other articles talk about how, um, you know, the online community could be filled of uh, lots of hate as Eileen would say, or as really Mm -hmm. anyone would say. Um, And you seem to be just a genuinely nice person who really just wants to help people spread awareness. And I'm saying that because I wish we had more of that, right? So what other advice can you give to others who are looking to, you know, share a positive message, but in doing so, they're being attacked? Yeah, still just try to be yourself. And, and if you can't ignore the haters, then, well, I don't know. But still, keep trying and push to keep on going. Yeah, that's pretty good advice. Keep on going and ignore the hate. Like, how is this world supposed to change if we don't fight? Do you ever get hate online? There were a few times, but Not I much. ignored it. I ignored it because I didn't want to cause an internet war if I responded, even though I really wanted to, okay? Because when I get hate sometimes, sometimes I want to insult the person back. How, how did you ignore it? You, you act like it was like a, a matter of <laughs> fact, like it was so easy to ignore it. I think it's one of the hardest things for me to do. Eileen doesn't ignore it at all, so it's- Not anymore. You know, yeah. Not anymore. And that's not a bad thing either, but how, for others who want to ignore it, what advice can you give? Sometimes, yeah, I feel like fight back when necessary. You know, just, just find, figure out something that'll put them in their place. But if not, well, you can, you can only ignore stuff for so long, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly the, the, the thing. Yeah, I feel like for a few years, I was able to like ignore it. And after a while, it's just like, what's that expression with the teapot that's exploding? Or I don't know. But like after a while, you know, it just has to come out and you have well, to. In high school, like I can only ignore insults so much that they're like, sometimes I even attack someone when they call me like I told you. And there are others I attacked because they kept calling me the R word and saying mean things about me. 
Um, and my teachers told me to ignore it, but I tell them I can't ignore it, but they just don't know they don't care or listen. Yeah. Well, it's easier, you know, easier to say when you're not the one like being subjected to the insults and the hate, like, well, ignore it. You know, it seems so easy, but when you're the one who's getting the, the hate, it's not easy to do. I mean, I know I have a hard time ignoring it. I just feel the need to like defend myself and tell people how they're wrong. <laughs> they are wrong. I'm never wrong, Eileen. I don't know why you keep telling me that. So, okay. Sarcasm again. See, I can't stop it. Um, so, uh, Ryan, um, you know, a lot of people with autism, you know, autism is not their entire lives. There's nothing wrong with, you know, being an autistic advocate. Um, is that what you're looking to do as far as, you know, college and career, or do you have, you know, other passions to support your advocacy, you know, like Temple Grandin or even um, uh, John Elder Robinson with his, you know, car business, Temple Grandin with animals, or are you making uh, advocacy your your true focus? Well, advocacy is not my true focus. I'm just trying to focus on my life. I'm done with college a long time ago. Um, mostly I'm done with school. I'm just working right now, trying to figure out my life, but also I, I want to enjoy my life most of all like and do things and take risks i mean at the beginning of the year i went skydiving for the first time well that's cool i yeah. hate heights how is skydiving yeah. i showed the entire world that even autistic can take chances without uh, severe consequences yeah i could never do it how was it it was awesome one of the best moments of my life falling through the air like so scary it felt so fast and fun were you scared nope that's cool <laughs> just thinking about it i'm like oh I wasn't scared at all. I was so ready for it because I wanted to take that chance. Now I can cross off my bucket list. That's true. What's what's on your what else is on your bucket list? Skiing because I really want to learn to ski. Wait, what state do you live in? Georgia. Georgia. Is there much snow in Georgia? Where would you go to ski? Colorado. Okay. Have you ever been to Colorado? Well, while traveling to Utah, I've been to the Denver airport, but I haven't been outside the state. And one more thing, Ryan, we, we saw that you, uh, you like poetry. Is that, uh, is that something you do for a living or that you oh, want? It's just a little hobby I do just to express myself. I like to share it on open mic nights on, on this place on the first, second Monday of each month. Or it's the first Monday. Or I, I, I like to find ways to express myself a lot. How have people received, uh, received it? Have you heard good feedback? Yeah, good feedback a lot. That's nice. Okay, well, we always finish our podcast by asking quick fire questions. So you just give me the first answer that comes to your mind. You'll see it's very easy. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, that is kind of hard because I received lots of advice. You know, the best advice I get, like, we all make mistakes. And the best thing to do is learn from them, not hold yourself back because of them. Very good. What do you like to do to relax? I like to just read, listen to music, watch YouTube videos and play games with my friends. What's your favorite book about autism? My favorite book about autism? Have you well, read it? I don't, I don't know. I've read a lot about autism. But Carrie Magro's book is one of my favorite books so far. Oh, you would love to hear that. What's your favorite food? Pizza. And your favorite movie? Well, I have a lot of movies. But one of my top favorite movies in Disney is Descendants. Because they they shove out children from the worst Disney villains ever, and 
children from the Just Disney Heroes because I'm a huge Disney fan. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Yeah, you can f look at me on Facebook or on I have Instagram. My username is Ryanar101 and I have Twitter and I have my own website called ryansheart.wordpress.com. You can find all my socials there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan, for joining us today. And I thank you for your time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Bye-bye.